0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's AEW Week in Review, actually. We're going to be talking about Dynamite Rampage and Battle of the Belts just because there was so much to talk about this week in AEW. So I'm excited to get into all of it with you guys right after this. I think she's a little sweet on Christian Cage, if you know what I mean. The AEW Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. Nobody is on my level. The TBS Champion. On. I want you to fire me, you f***er! Alright everybody, I don't want to waste any time here and I really just want to jump into this because I just finished watching Battle of the Belts and that main event was incredible. So we're going to start a little bit backwards here and talk about the uh, main event of Battle of the Belts first and then we can plug Patreon and we can do all that stuff. But while it's fresh in my mind, I want to get it out there because William Regal said it best, that was a match that if you were young and watching it, you'd want to become a professional wrestler. I mean, these two guys, one beat the crap out of each other but two had such an amazing back and forth match told such a great story of uh i almost wanted to call him cesaro claudio castagnoli attacking the back originally uh kenosuke Takeshita attacking the leg but then going at the neck later on i didn't realize how much um kenosuke Takeshita. that's still tricky for me his uh moveset is like Sami Zayn's or el generico whatever you want to call him now um I didn 't realize how much those move sets were similar, um and obviously apparently they had a lot of wars back in the day that I have not seen, but that's definitely something I want to go back and watch because this Konosuke to Tete- Kinosuke to takeshka guy. Has been like the breakout star of 2022. And uh, I think if there's some award for that, I don't know if PW Insider does an award for that, but he is going to win it. Uh, coming to the States and just doing a quick little tour. I'm, I'm going to miss the guy when he's gone, really. He's fought Hangman Page, Sean Moxley, and Claudio Cascagnoli, and had all these really great matches. He had a good match, and I guess we can cover it now too on. Uh, Rampage, I think it was, against uh, Hollywood Ryan Nemeth. That was a cute little match. Obviously, it was like less than a minute, so there's not much to talk about there. But this main event, the, just the back and forth, the near falls. I got chills on that near fall off the Uh I think... Uh, Claudio was going for the Ricola bomb, and he hit him with a uh, huracrana, and he landed right on his head. And and I swear that was a three count. I'm arguing that one to my grave that that was a three count. I thought the title change was happening right then and there. They really got me. Uh, And like I said, I got chills. And when a match gives me chills, you know, it was a good damn match. So I wanted to get that out there right away first and then cover that match first and foremost. And now we can head on over to Dynamite. But before we do, let me plug Patreon. It is only a dollar a month. And uh, 99 cents a month, actually, if I'm exact. And you get all these shows ad-free as well as you can subscribe on iTunes to get all these shows ad-free. So I um, want to quickly plug that. Go ahead if you haven't done that already. I don't know what you're doing because ads stink and uh, we'd rather have none of them. So it's cheap price for a, a good deal. So. All right, let's get into Dynamite and start on the, uh, opening match, which was Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy, and this obviously, we'll probably talk about Rampage as well right after this, because this led into that, but yeah, this was a really good match, but I was kind of peed about the, um, the ending of it, but, uh, back and forth, the story was that Jay Lethal was dismantling the legs of Orange Cassidy, uh, Very impressive match fought by Jay Lethal, but I really thought Orange Cassidy was going to get the win here. It seemed kind of silly and 50-50 that Orange Cassidy and Best Friends got the win on Rampage last week in a triple uh, or six-man tag. However, now Jay Lethal was getting the singles win, and I really think we're botching Orange, Orange Cassidy here. I understand why it had to be Orange Cassidy in this spot, because he's building this relationship with Wardlow, and Wardlow's finally getting a friend, and how funny of all the people, it's Orange Cassidy, and so I get that. I don't know, guys, though. Was this worth the sacrifice of Orange Cassidy? He's lost the against Wardlow now, and he's lost against Jay Lethal. And I was really looking at him as a possible title contender for All Out. Um, maybe that's crazy on my part, but I thought if CM Punk wasn't back, John Moxley versus, versus Orange Cassidy could have been the match uh, if he was built correctly, but this is not, obviously, building him correctly. So, yeah, Jay Lethal getting the win. And then if we hop over to uh, Rampage... Or excuse me, not Rampage. I misspoke before. Battle of the Belts. We had uh, Wardlow versus Jay Lethal. And um, we also, really quick, I guess, on Rampage, we had a little segment backstage with um, uh, Orange Cassidy and Best Friends and Danhausen talking about somehow that they're going to challenge for the six man. Or, excuse me, the trios title. So, at least we get to see him in that tournament. I don't think they're going to win that at all, but it'll be nice to see a good showing from them there. And I guess that's why we can't really see Orange Cassidy in the uh, title feud right now if he's going to be in the trios tournament. So, whatever. But we hump- hop over to uh, Battle of the Belts once again. We had the TNT Championship, Wardlow versus Jay Lethal. And I wasn't super impressed with this match. I don't know what it was, what it was missing. Uh... And I really didn't like the after the match, but yeah, I I don't know if it was like the slow beat down from Jay Lethal that lost me. I don't know. I I really Jay Lethal is a good you know. Uh, I don't know what the expression is. Scout on your belt, piece on your badge on your belt to have uh, for Wardlow beating him. Like I think he's a good first challenger, honestly. Although like I said, I I don't agree with uh, sacrificing Orange Cassidy for this, but. With that being said, I think he's a good, whatever it is, badge on your belt uh, to have for uh, Jay Lethal, or excuse me, uh, Wardlow to have as beating him for the TNT title, and or, or not beating him for the TNT title, but beating him uh, in defense of the TNT title. And um, I don't know what it was, though, about this match. I think, I think that. Jay Lethal wrestles a style that doesn't really go exactly well with Wardlow's style. Wardlow is so fiery, and uh like that's what gets you so excited about what he does, and the long drawn out you know throwing the knee against the steel post, looking into the hard cam, yada 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 stuff just doesn't really work as well in a Wardlow match. And uh there was a nice spot that I liked where Wardlow kept trying to get the power bomb and Jay Lethal kept getting out of it. But that headbutt was insane and then they were hitting with the Lariat and then finally getting the power bomb. Question though. Why are we only doing one power bomb now? Like I was so excited about this match just because I wanted to see Jay Lethal get power bombed over and over and over again. Uh and I reserve my right to enjoy that, uh, for many reasons, but that I will not speak about on this podcast. But yes, I uh I was excited to see Jay Lethal get his head kicked in and get uh, power bombed over and over again, and that's not where we got here. We got like a slow technical match where Jay Lethal went after the leg, and Wardlow didn't really even sell the leg towards the end of the match, so I don't know if that's just because he's so strong or because he's still new and doesn't really know how to do that yet, or I, I don't know exactly what that was, but yeah, I wasn't... Um I wasn't really a big fan of this. I didn't think it did well. And then the after the match, the beat down, the um long drawn out Sanjay Dutt uh, no, what's his name? Satnam Singh uh foot on the uh chest of Wardlow didn't seem to like just didn't do much for me. And then, uh, like, where are we going to go from here? Are we going to do a rematch? Like, I don't really need to see Jay Lethal versus Wardlow again. I didn't really enjoy it the first time. And uh, I guess maybe Satin M. Singh versus, uh, or, yeah, Sat- I always mix them up. Satnam Singh versus Wardlow is maybe the match. Uh, the only thing that would make that worth it is if Wardlow is actually able to powerbomb him. Could you imagine that? But, yes, they threw Wardlow through the table, and that was that, and... Yeah, I don't know. It uh, wasn't super, like, it was re- a really clunky beatdown. It took way too long. You could have added even more time to that women's match or the main event, I thought. So, I, I don't know. It wasn't for me. But let's jump back over to Dynamite, guys, and talk about what happened next here. We had, like I said, the opening match, Jay Lethal versus Wardlow. And then we had the Undisputed Elite returning. Uh, Outwalk, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, and Nick and Matt Jackson. Adam Cole said... It feels good to be back in a ring, and more importantly, it feels good to be back in a ring with his friends. Uh, He said he's unfortunately still not medically cleared, uh, but there's a lot of things uh, coming up for the Undisputed Elite. Uh, And he talked about leadership that makes a great faction. It's chemistry. uh, We have that in spades, but mostly it's about loyalty. It's about fighting alongside your brothers no matter what. And uh, we had that too. And he came to AEW because of the Young Bucks, because of loyalty to the Young Bucks. He traveled around the globe with Kyle and Bobby because of loyalty. Loyalty is everything. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Uh, and then, which brings us to the trios tournament. He said, Matt and Nick, guys, that nothing I would love more for the Undisputed Elite to be the winners of the trios tournament. But he's not medically cleared. Kyle O'Reilly isn't medically cleared. And if you're not choosing Bobby Fish to be your partner, then you two won't be physically capable of competing in this tournament. And then the beatdown happened. Adam Cole and uh, Red Dragon started beating down the Young Bucks. It really wasn't a, a big beatdown at all. And just when things were about to get spicy with uh, Matt Jackson getting, uh, you know, the chair across his neck, uh, his chair across his neck, no, his chair across his neck and Nick already beaten down, uh, we had the one, the only uh, Ad- Hangman Adam Page running to the ring with the metal pipe to run Cole and Red Dragon off. Um, and-, and then Hangman Page offered his hand to Matt Jackson, and Matt Jackson, guys, he took his hand. Gets me a little choked up, and uh, it was a beautiful moment. However, I will say that the turn itself, there was something, again, there was something missing here. I don't, to me, I think the cadence of the promo was not great. I thought that maybe it was the slot it was put on the show. Uh, Maybe you could have opened with this, possibly. I, I don't know. Uh, I know AEW isn't all about the opening promos, but I could have used this maybe as like that. That would have formed a little bit more gravitas towards the whole thing when first you just had a a big match between Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy and a good match uh, at that. So I don't know if that was it. I don't know if it's Red Dragon is just really not over. Uh, I don't know about you guys. They do nothing for me. And, you know, what? I really like Bobby Fish. You guys know how I feel about Kyle O'Reilly. It just doesn't do it for me whatsoever. I don't buy it, it uh, there's nothing there for me, but uh, Bobby Fish, I actually really enjoy, and I think he's pretty deadly in the ring, or comes off as pretty deadly, uh, but yeah, maybe Red Dragon just isn't that over, uh, maybe we came out too early to make the save with Hangman Adam Page, maybe we should have done a little bit more damage, made a little bit more of a, a bad beatdown, maybe Hangman Page should have came earlier, I don't know, I don't know what would have made this better, but um, yeah, it felt like it should have been a big deal, but it didn't feel like a big deal, I don't know if that makes any sense. but um, Next up, we had the AEW Interim World Champion, Jon Moxley, saying some stuff about how he doesn't care who wins tonight between Chris Jericho and Wheeler Yuta. Uh, he doesn't care when the bell rings. He has no respect for anybody. Uh, he's going to send him to the hospital, yada, yada, yada. Uh, he said he's going to make the Heart Dungeon look like daycare compared to the Blackpool Combat, Cl- Blackpool Con- Combat Club. Easy for me to say. Uh, and he says, whoever wins tonight, they better be ready to step in the ring with me next week, uh, because when they step in the ring with me, it's not a game. And then we had Tony Schiavone trying to interview Christian, Christian Cage, or I don't know why I can't speak today. Uh, Christian Cage earlier in the day, Christian Cage was interrupted as Jungle Boy almost ran him over with the car. Uh, and that was that, and we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, but we had, uh... Guys, it's the quarter hour, and you know what that means. Oh, wait, it's not. It's the second match on the show. And you don't know what that means, and I didn't know what that meant, because we had the women's match, not in the quarter hour of AEW Dynamite. I don't know what's happening. Triple H must be contagious. Something's going on. Maybe there's a revolution beginning. I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, but I've already gotten ahead of myself here. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter, obviously with Rebel by their side, versus Thunderstorm. AEW Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm. Uh, Really... Uh, I saw something about some other tag team that was called Thunderstorm, and I'm trying to remember where I saw it. So they are not the original Thunderstorm, and I can't put my finger on it. It was happened earlier this week, and I saw. I was just, you know, as we do, just watching archives of wrestling, and um, and it, I, it popped up somewhere, and I can't remember where it was. But, anyways, uh, this was a this was a great match uh really an awesome tag team match we had this is awesome chance um Tony Storm using those hip attacks look really intense toward the ends of the match she just loves the DDT man she loves the DDT but Britt Baker pulled Thunder Rosa down while Tony Storm went to go to the hip attack and Hader ended up hitting the uh lariat to pin- get a pinfall on Tony Storm and that's how the match end and that is how Jamie Hader got her uh title match on AEW Battle of the Belts, we can talk about that before we move on as well. But uh, yeah, this was a really good match. Uh, The DDTs by Tony Storm always look awesome. Uh, Jamie Hayter really was like the star of this match, in my opinion. She did... uh I, I could watch Jamie Hader take a crossbody from anybody over and over and over again. I literally, re- you know how you have a little skip back 15 seconds? I rewind almost every single time she takes a crossbody just because I love it so much. She like jumps in the air and catches them and it's just so, it, it adds so much impact to it. I don't know what. Why not everybody does this, but I think she should teach a class on it because it makes it look so much better. The cross body to me doesn't look that dangerous unless you do it really well. But, like, normally, if someone like John Cena maybe ruined the cross body for me, but if you can just roll through it and catch someone, I don't know how impactful that move can really be. But the way Jamie Hayter catches a cross body is just the best thing ever. So, Uh, And Britt Baker. It was nice to see Britt Baker wrestle again on TV. Um, I know we just saw her in like a quick tag team match on Rampage or something. But it was nice to see, like I said, just the women get the spotlight here. Uh, A couple of really awesome suplexes. um, Really powerful uh, forearms back and forth. Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hayter specifically. So I really, really enjoyed this match. And I'm really happy that they were in the quarter hour. And maybe Triple H is contagious. Uh, But let's move on over to... uh, AEW's Battle of the Belts, where we could talk about uh, the championship match that was Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter. I don't think this lived up to the same level of the tag team match. I don't think it was nearly as good. I think it was a little bit clunky at points. I don't know, guys, if Thunder Rosa is it for me. And I've talked about this on the show before, but um, she feels like a star when she comes out and enters like and gets the reaction she gets. She feels like a star but when she's not on TV, she doesn't feel like... It's like, who's the women's champion? Oh, it's Thunder Rosa. Like, like when it was Britt Baker, it was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD is your women's champion. You know what I mean? But, like, who's oh, your women's champion? It's Thunder Rosa. It's kind of how I feel. And um, and when she wrestles, you know, some of these greener talent, like a Jamie Hayter, I don't really know how Piers that green, but she's definitely the most powerful woman on that roster, besides Nyla Rose, obviously, and I think that was mentioned on commentary. But, uh... These matches come off clunky a lot, and um, the match against Serena Deeb was incredible because you had two experienced wrestlers going at it, but I don't feel like Thunder Rosa carries someone like, and I don't know how much Jamie Hayter needs to be carried, but I guess she kind of did here. I don't know how much Thunder Rosa carries a match, just period, a match as well. As she does with someone who's experienced, uh, when she's working with someone who's a little bit more inexperienced, and I think that's an important part to have as a champion. And you know what, Britt Baker didn't do a good job of it at all, at all either. Like Britt Baker is was green enough to not be able to carry other women. Like when she wrestled against Hikaru it was great because Hikaru Shida's great. Uh, speaking of which, I would love to see where Hikaru is. I think she's been wrestling on dark, but I miss Hikaru Uh But yeah, I, this didn't live up to the. Um, The tag team match at all, I don't think. It was hard hitting for sure. And Jamie Hayter has got uh, a title in her future for sure. I was hoping they were going to go with an upset even. And I know that's kind of wild. But these Battle of the Belts just feel like title defenses. Like you don't really feel like anybody's actually going to win one. And so I think they should have someone win a title on one of these shows to actually make it worth tuning in and watching. Um, I'd love to see the ratings that uh, this show did. Um, And you know what? Let's look at the ratings. Uh that all of these shows did this week. I don't know um how many are up from now, uh because uh what's it called? Because oh okay. I don't know how many of the ratings are up because, you know, uh, Battle of the Bells just happened and Rampage just happened a night ago. And it usually takes a little while for them to come out. But Dynamite's ratings were down slightly. Apparently Dynamite averaged 938,000 viewers on Wednesday night. That's not bad at all. I think a little under uh, a million viewers with the point three two rating in the demos, which is down uh, 3% from last week. Interesting. I don't I don't. I'd like to say I don't care a lot about ratings, but I am always interested in it. So I guess I do kind of care. I think it's um, it's nice to know how the show that you like is doing. Especially like there was a while where those do- those demos were beating Raw's demos, and that was saying something crazy. You know what I mean? And and demos are really what matters, I guess now. But for me, overall viewership is still where I kind of rate stuff. So, uh, and and a little under a million is not even touching Raw that hit like three point two million or something this week uh, with new Triple H in charge, Paul Levesque. Anyways, this is not a comparison show. I just wanted to quickly mention that. Uh, All right, so next up on Dynamite, what did we have? We had uh, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti were shown in Paris, and they announced that they're getting married. Eddie Kingston interrupted the video package. He said Sammy Guevara has a receipt and a contract coming and to see you at the pay-per-view. So I guess we're getting Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston at the pay-per-view, which is weird. I didn't expect that. Uh, the feud with Jericho ended really poorly, so maybe this is a make good. I, I don't know exactly know what we're doing here, but uh, whatever. I'm excited to see what happens next in that feud because Eddie Kingston is great, and Eddie Kingston has such a way of making wrestling feel real. He does it better than anybody else. So uh, Then we had Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ren Jones, and this was just a squash match, but Powerhouse Hobbs is entrance, and his whole thing, he looks incredible. Uh, and he's got a snarl, like the snarl on his face. I, that's the best word I have for it. It's so good. And he didn't even do, um, the spine buster to get the win this time. He just, uh, hit a clothesline. So, shows how brutal Powerhouse Hobbs is, I guess. Um, and we had Darby Allen somewhere tattooing Brody King's name on his hand. I don't know, you guys, but we have a coffin match next week, so... Uh, Jim Ross joined the broadcast booth. It's always nice to see him get his little pop. And then we turned our clocks back to like 2000 where we had Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. And why was this on the show, guys? You have all these. I hate. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that person. But you have all these young guys. Put uh, uh, Tienaushka. Takeshka. Put Takeshka. Takeshka. God damn it put, uh, you know who, no, I'm kidding, put Konoska Takesta. yes, let's go with that, on, uh, Dynamite instead, instead of Rampage, put him on Dynamite and have that match against Ryan Nemeth even, just to give him a little momentum, or put him against someone else who's got a little bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, not uh, a better reputation, but just, like, um, a little bit more of a, uh, a little bit more of a challenger than Ryan Nemeth poses. Yeah, put him against someone on Dynamite rather than Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy, which is like back to 2000. Why am I watching this? I don't even care to recap this. This was such a boring match. It was such a match. That's It was like wrestling happening in front of me. That's all it was. And Christian, like, here's what I really want to talk about. Why? 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 is Matt Hardy getting 90% of the offense on Christian Cage, and Christian Cage just barely escaping with the win. Like, I'm sitting there like, okay, like, Jungle Boy is clearly going to beat Christian Cage because Jungle Boy is way better than Matt Hardy, who is old and fairly washed up. And when I say fairly washed up, I just mean washed up. I'm just trying to be polite. Why is Matt Hardy getting all this offense on Christian Cage? Why is that like what is that doing to build up Christian Cage whatsoever? This should have been a squash match, guys. This should have been a squash match. Maybe even a kick in the nuts and uh, a kill switch, but it should not have taken this long. Matt Hardy should not have gotten nearly as much offense as he did and Christian Cage should have got the win within 5 minutes. Please, this was so terrible. Maybe if they did that, I would have I would have been cool with that. But Christian Cage pulls two uh, steel chairs out beneath the ring goes to do the concerto, uh, but Luchasaurus walks down the ramp, and just as Christian Cage is distracted, Jungle Boy jumps in the ring. He tries to hit Christian Cage with a chair, I think, and Christian Cage runs through the crowd to get some distance from Jungle Boy, and then, obviously, the invisible wall goes up, so Jungle Boy cannot chase him once again. And you know what? I was kind of fine with it, because I didn't need to see Jungle Boy and Christian Cage going up the stairs again. Last time, it was really funny. I don't know if you guys have seen, like, cartoon music behind that and stuff like that. Like, uh, but yeah. So, I'm excited for this feud, but this was a misstep for me. Another misstep in this feud, and I think three strikes and you're out for me normally. We're at two right now. Um... So I don't know what's going next. But Tony Schiavone backstage with Daniel Garcia. Uh, Daniel Garcia talks about his win against Brian Danielson and says it was the biggest win in AEW. He's the dragon slayer. And Brian, when you're ever ready to come back from injury, I'm going to slay the dragon again. And you know what? Good. Like, make these wins feel like a big deal because it was a big deal. Uh, Whether or not Jake Hager's interference was there or not, like, that was a big deal. So then we had Ethan Page in the ring asking about why he isn't featured on TV every week. Uh, Stokely Hathaway comes out, gives him a card, he ends up accepting it, so it looks like, uh, Ethan Page is gonna be one of Stokely Hathaway's many, many, it feels like, uh, many clients, so, whatever. Uh, I, I love Ethan Page, so anything that pushes Ethan Page further, I'm all about. Um, Tony Schiavone backstage with Anna Jay, Angelo Parker, and Matt Menard, and this, you know, uh, Ashley and I had some gripes about Anna Jay's promo this week, but this was 10 times better, uh. She was just like, I'm going to choke you out. I'm going to choke you out. And then she just started choking some random dude out. And you know what? I love the comb. Angelo Parker, I love the comb. And Matt Menard's uh, promos are always hilarious. So they look like just like the annoying people you don't want to sit at the cafeteria with. They just look like really annoying human beings. So I'm all about that. And Anna Jay just going psycho. Whatever. I don't know where this came from, where she snapped. But this was a little bit better than last week. And and it had me laughing. So I'll I'll give him that. And then we had probably my favorite match of the night, or if it wasn't the uh, women's match, and that was the dumpster match. This was just a whole lot of fun, you guys. The Gun Club coming out with Billy Gunn, and they tried to double suplex Bowens onto the trash cans, but Bowen reversed it and suplexed the Gun Club. Uh, the Gun Club powerbomb Bowens into the dumpster, and Max Kester backdropped, uh, was backdropped into the dumpster, and this was one of my favorite parts, but Kester ended up getting back up, stopping them from closing the lids and just nailing somebody. I forget which gun brother uh, with the cookie sheet, which looked great. Um, they brawled up the ramp, and uh, Austin was on top of the tunnel. Caster climbed up and threw Austin into the dumpster, and then uh, Bowens placed Colton gun on the table, and Caster hit him with a mic drop, threw him both in the dumpsters, and then they pushed the dumpster off the stage, uh, a throwback, obviously, and uh, and this was just a fun time, you guys. It was like a, it was a good wrestling match for sure, but it was just fun. And you need a little bit of a buffet in your AEW wrestling, and I think this is like the comedy match of the night. It, it, cookie sheets, like, come on, what I love. They should use cookie sheets more often, honestly. Uh, what a great smack uh, that you get from that, and hopefully it doesn't hurt that much. But yeah, I thought this was just the best match of the night. It was just fun to watch, and I enjoyed myself. And when I say the best match of the night, I don't mean technically the best match of the night, but I just mean like that I enjoyed it more than any other match, and uh, and I just had a good time watching it. So all props to these guys. This was a great time. And then we had the main event, which was Chris Jericho with Angelo Parker and Matt Menard versus the Ring of Honor peer champion Wheeler Yuta. And uh, yeah, I... I don't like the way that Wheeler Yuta lost here. Uh, we'll go to the ending of the match, which was uh, y- uh, Yuta caught Jericho off guard with the thir- uh, third top suicida. Jericho attempts the lion salt, but Yuta raises his knees to block it. And that lion salt always looks so dangerous when he does that. I'm like, you're a 50 something year old man doing a backflip off the ropes. It's just scary. Uh, Wheeler Yuta jumped off the top rope, but Jericho counted it with the code breaker, and he got a two count. Uh, Jericho used the hammer and anvil elbows that Yuta and the Blackpool Combat Club usually use, but Yuta grabbed Jericho's broken nose once again. That was the story throughout the match as well, and why wouldn't you? Uh, Yuta had Jericho in a submission, but Jericho grabbed his baseball bat, uh, and a rough Aubrey Edwards had to yank it away. When she had her back turned, Jericho hit Yuta with a low blow, a nice kick to the balls, and Jericho applied the lion tamer, and Yuta was forced to tap out. Like, I feel like I like the kick in the balls. Uh, And I liked that the ending was not necessarily clean. But the problem with the submission is a submission almost makes a clean victory out of nothing. So, yes, he got kicked in the balls. But the Lion Tamer, which looks like such a brutal submission, don't get me wrong. But I don't like that he tapped Wheeler Yuta out. I think uh, maybe Wheeler Yuta could have passed out from pain, something like that. But I feel like a Blackpool combat member tapping out should be a big deal. And I don't feel like this was treated like that. Not to mention, the match was what it was. Willa really, Yuta is great, but Chris Jericho wrestling a regular match in 2022 just is tough. Uh, look, props to him for still being able to go, don't get me wrong, but, like, does he have these technical master, you know, matches? No. Is he uh, ex- exhilarating and exciting to watch? No. Uh, just scary sometimes for me. Like I said, when he does the lion salt, I just get scared. That's the most exhilarating I get, I guess, and... uh yeah, but really, Yuta, great great to see him in a main event slot. Uh, I, I wish he didn't tap out. And, um, and yeah, that was Dynamite, guys. And we'll, we'll just move on over to Rampage as we start. Oh, excuse me, I take it back. We had one more thing on Dynamite. Uh, Jericho ended up taking the uh oh he wouldn't take the lion tamer off. So we had I love this. We had protective dad John Moxley come out. Oh, it's just the best. With his daughter at home and then we are you at work. He's just dad now. Uh with the balding head and everything. I love it. I all we need now is a dad bot. And let me say that John Moxley does not have a dad bot. Uh but yeah, like I said, Jericho would not release the Lion Tamer. So uh John Moxley comes out, Storming to the ring and then Jericho finally releases his hold uh, Chris Jericho says, Moxley, you unleash the demon, you open Pandora's box, you want Lionheart Chris Jericho, you got it, but I'm going to stretch the you-know-what out of you, and he didn't say you-know-what, uh, but uh, yeah, and then he said effing something, I forget what he said at the end of the show, but it's just weird to hear them say effing, I, I just would skip the F word all around, I think, you got other swear words to use, just use those, and that was the end of our show, and uh, we're getting that match next week on... Uh, quake at the lake, by the lake. I forget what it's called. but uh, Moving on over to Rampage. We had John Moxley versus Mance Warner to start off the show. And this was a uh, street fight of sorts, I think. Uh, if I remember correctly, which I'm not even sure at this point. It's been two days since I've watched this. Yes, it was a street fight. Okay, I'm correct. Yeah, and it was pretty brutal. And Mo- John Moxley loves to bleed. And honestly, you guys if he bleeds next week in the match against Chris Jericho, I'm going to start to get a little annoyed. I'm going to think Cody Rhodes is back again. It's like, it's a little bit much. You don't need to bleed in every match. And this might've happened the hard way. It might've been incidental, but wow, every single match, John Moxley just feels the need to bleed and it it takes away from it when he actually does. But yeah, hurling each other into the steel ring steps and the guardrails, DDTs on top of steel ring steps, uh, booting each other in the head uh Man- there was one point where Mance grabbed a pair of steel chairs from the ring. He brought them in the ring, but Moxley punched the steel chair, sending it right into mance's face, but obviously like breaking his hand in the uh in the process and I s- assume that's going to be the story on Wednesday night's match of Moxley's hand is going to be hurt. Uh, but he began applying a double wrist lock and then stomping on Mo- uh, Mance's face. Moxley spiked Warner with a pile driver in the center of the ring, applied the choke hold, and Mance was rendered unconscious. And then that is how he got the victory. Uh, we- and yeah, this was fun. I think it was... Cool to see someone like Vance Warner get the spotlight on a show like Rampage. You know, obviously winning the battle Royale at Ric Flair's last match, and I, I'm glad that's the only thing they showed of Ric Flair's last match. Uh, I, I don't, you know what? All and all, together, guys, I wouldn't have anything to do with that uh, if I were AEW. But whatever, it's the, it's a little something, I guess. To me, this was just kind of violence for violence' sake. I didn't think they told much of a story. Just it's weird for John Moxley. Uh, I did like the hand spot, the punching of the chair. That was probably the highlight of the match for me. But yeah, moving on, we had uh, backstage, or excuse me, clips of an interview from Dynamite were shown where Lexi Nair was trying to interview absolute Ricky Starks. But uh, weirdly enough, they were interrupted by QT Marshall and the factory. Oh, I totally forgot on Dynamite. After Will Hobbs's match, Ricky Starks ran out, overzealous, tried to beat him down, but uh, Powerhouse Hobbs just hit him with the spine buster, and that was that. Uh, and so, yes, he's backstage here. And like I said, Powerhouse Hobbs look great, but he's backstage, QT offering his protection to Starks so he wouldn't get blindsided once again, which is funny because he really didn't get blindsided. And then Starks declines, shoving his way past QT and the stable. Aaron Solo said something about their history. I know nothing about their history, but I will look it up because I am really into this Ricky Starks babyface turn. So uh, We had Kinosuke Takeshita versus Ryan Nemeth, with I, which I talked about. Uh, and then we had Lexi Nair interviewing Orange Cassidy, which I also talked about already. We had the Tokens women's match, which was Madison Rayne versus Layla Gray. And this wasn't good, you guys. So here's my concern. Uh, Madison Rayne was hired to be the coach of the women's division. So when you go out and have a match against someone like Layla Gray, who's really green still, you want to have a really good match because you want to show that you're going to be able to coach these women into wrestling a really good match. This was not a really good match. It was clunky. They lost themselves at certain points. There was miscommunication errors. Obviously, Madison Rain getting the win, but uh, and I'm excited for her match against Jade Cargill. I'm looking for like a second try here. Like this isn't like a one and done. You suck. Now you're gone. I have no faith in you. But like, if Dustin Rhodes is training the women, I have a lot more faith in him doing it than what I saw from Madison Rain because I don't know a lot about Madison Rain. But um, and I know Layla Green is re- uh, Layla Green. Layla Gray is really g- green. Easy for me to say again, but um, that's what you're working with here, uh, and so you've got to coach these green women into like hiding the negatives and accentuating the positives, and they did not do that here. So, like I said, Madison Rain got the victory, and then uh, Jade Cargo came out. She said, "'Good help is so hard to find these days. I knew I should have handled you myself.'" She's uh doing big on charity, or she's big on charity, and she's having an open challenge uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite, so she thinks Madison should accept that, show up, show out, and get that ass beat. And while you're at it, I think you should take a couple days off. Uh, Madison Rain uh, is snuck up on by Kira Hogan, who tries to ambush her, but she hits, uh weirdly enough, she hits Kira Hogan, and this is how she won the match as well, with a cross Rain, which is just a crossroads. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't like that finisher either. I, I've never liked that Cody Rhodes finisher. It just doesn't look... It's kind of like... I think um, Damien Priest had a finisher like it as well. It just doesn't look impactful to me whatsoever. But... Uh, Friday night, street fight time. AEW World Tag Team Champion, Swerve in Our Glory, Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Josh Woods, the premier and the premier athlete, Tony Nese, obviously with Smart Mark Sterling coming out as well. And this match, you guys, was a lot of fun. A way better street fight than the first match, I thought. Um, Begin brawling right away. There was a spot where Tony Nese threw protein powder in Keith Lee's face and then uh, Swerve ended up kicking the bottle of protein powder out of uh out of niece's hands and into his face as well which just kind of looked awesome they should use more protein powder in wrestling I'm just saying or dust or stuff like that I know it could be excuse me could be dangerous but um yeah it looks really awesome so more of that please uh, Smart Mark Sterling got involved here, hitting Keith Lee in the, in the back with a chair. But Keith Lee grabbed the chair from Sterling, uh, except Tony Neese came in and hit uh, Woods with the DDT. Uh, or excuse me, Tony Neese came in and hit Lee with the DDT onto a chair. Uh, Swerve ended up jumping off the top rope, hitting a 450 splash onto all the men, breaking up the pinfall, which looked awesome. You could see it coming, it was kind of a contrived spot, but still looked really awesome. Um, Sterling came and slid a table into the ring, having Tony Nee set it up. They tried to put Swerve through the table, but Swerve nailed Knees with a knee strike. Uh, Sterling jumped into the ring and tried to get, uh, Josh Woods to go up on the, um, top rope and go through Swerve, except Keith Lee grabbed Woods out of the ring and then headbutted, uh, Tony Neese. So Sterling is left there on the top rope as he goes up to try to put Swerve to the table. But Keith Lee grabbed him, threw Sterling off the top rope to the table. Woods, with the help of a kick from Nice, suplexed Keith Lee off the apron onto two tables. That looked brutal, uh, like a really rough spot. More so for Josh Woods even than Keith Lee. But uh, And then Swerve dropped Nice into a pile of chairs and finished him off with a double foot stomp for the pin. Great victory for the tag team champions. I thought this was a really fun match and a good, uh, it's notch, it's notch on your belt. Got it, not badge. Good notch on the belt for the tag team champions. Uh, this turned out to be a lot... Like, this really over-delivered from what this feud was. I hope we're done with this now and uh, we can move on. But Tony Nese always shows up and shows out. I think he's a really underrated player in AEW. And Josh Woods looked great as well. But I think this was another awesome showing from of Strickland, who just... There was a really awesome kick from Tony Nese in the match, too, that Swerve sold really well. Like, just, uh, those two guys have great chemistry, and I could watch them wrestle over and over and over again, preferably without all the shenanigans from Smart Mark Sterling, but it was nice to see him go to the table and get his comeuppance. And yeah, guys, that was Dynamite, Rampage, and uh, Battle of the Belts kind of in a quick recap. So, I hope you enjoyed all of that. I'm glad we got some kind of show out this week. Life is just super busy lately, but this is my uh, this is one of my favorite things to do during the week, so I want to make sure I can keep hopping on here. And I hope you all have a run- wonderful rest of your week and I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com.